invite you to come forward because we're going to pray for all of you. Come on, kids. All of you. Come on. Come on. We're just going to pray for you right now. We're going to impart God's blessing upon you as we have just sung. And everybody that's out there, I want you to just stretch your hands out as you're able to as we pray for these children. Oh, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for every single one of these children. I thank you, Lord, for the blessing that it is to have them in our church, to have the opportunity to share with them your love and your grace and your word so that they can grow up knowing about Jesus as their personal Savior and as their friend. Lord, I thank you that no matter what ups and downs they will face in their lives, you will always be there for them. At every step of the way, you will be there calling them to you, O oh Lord, giving them an opportunity to always follow you and to always love in your name, Lord. I pray for them right now, Lord, for all the gifts, the spiritual gifts that you have for every one of these children and every one of our youth, Lord, in this church. I pray, Lord, that you will pour out your gifts upon them, that you will use them wherever they go, among their friends, among their neighbors, among their family, that they will be a light in every place where there's darkness and that, oh, Lord, your light will be so bright in them that other kids and other people around them will want to know about you because of them. Oh Lord, I thank you because they already shine brightly even more than they realize. And I pray, Lord, that they will experience every blessing that you have for them. Keep them safe, Lord, from all harm. Protect their minds and their hearts from every attack of the enemy. And let them be influencers among their peers. That they will make an impact in their classrooms and with their friends for Jesus. That when their friends want to know about Jesus, they'll come to them. And that they will know what to say. Because you will give them the words. Bless them, O oh Lord. Bless them. Amen. Let's keep worshiping. It is getting good. Y'all can go back to your seats. been to church and we haven't gotten into the sermon yet. Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Joshua chapter 24. I'm reading from verses 1 through 3, the beginning part of 3, and verses 14 through 25. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel. To, I'm a little excited, Josh, bring me down a little bit. 
because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feed back. Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel. And they presented themselves before God, and Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Long ago your ancestors, Terah and his sons, Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates and served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him through all the land of Canaan and made his offspring many. Now, therefore, revere the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Now, if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God who brought us and our ancestors up from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery and who did those great signs in our sight. He protected us along all the way that we went and among all the peoples from whom we passed. And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. But Joshua said to the people, You cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after having done you good. And the people said to Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said to the people, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. He said, Then put away the foreign gods that are among you and incline your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. The people said to Joshua, The Lord our God we will serve, and him we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made statutes and ordinances for them at Shechem. The word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for this day. I thank you for this word because I know that it is the word that you've given us for this morning. I thank you, Lord, because you have continued to be our God and we have continued to be your people. Help us to continue to remain faithful to you as we hear this word as it is proclaimed. And help my thoughts to be your thoughts. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, we got to hear about Joshua crossing the Jordan into the promised land as he was beginning his work as the leader of the Israelites. And today, we fast forward all the way to the end of his time with the Israelites. How many of you know how long Joshua lived? 110 years. He was no spring chicken by the end of this. And he had been with the Israelites since Moses 
had, been, had died and he had taken over. So today we get to the final stage of his ministry as the leader of the Israelites in the promised land, which he has helped them to conquer and take over. You could look at the scripture today as Joshua's farewell speech as he's getting ready to finish his journey of faith in this life. In fact, if you look at the next chapter, it tells you he died and was buried at 110. So this was literally the big finale, if you will, for Joshua as he shared with the people. And the scripture tells us he gathered them at Shechem because if you're going to have a farewell speech, you're going to pick a place that's memorable, that people are going to remember. Whenever we celebrate special events, think about it. We associate special things with special places. My wife and I have a special Chinese place that we've been going to for over 25 years. So anniversaries, a lot of times, guess what we're having? Chinese. The lady that works the Chinese, that owns the Chinese restaurant, has been there for, 20, for over 30 years, has seen our kids be born and grow up. She still asked us about the kids, you know. So that place holds special significance because every time we go there, we remember our relationship and what has brought us together and the love we have for each other. And so it has that special bond. And so when we hear in the scripture that Joshua picked Shechem to gather the people, it makes perfect sense. This was the place where Abraham, before he was ever Abraham, was called by God and told that God was going to give him the land that he was at, that right at that moment was populated by all kinds of other people. This was the place where God told him that his descendants and his offspring were going to be numerous, and he received the promise that there were going to be so many of them that they would be more numerous than the sand in the beach. This is the place where it all started. And so it's only fitting that it is this place where Joshua gathered the people of Israel to give them his farewell speech. Joshua brings all the leaders of the people, the priests, and all the people of Israel together. And he tells them, he reminds them of everything that God has done. If you look at verses 4 through 13 that we didn't read in between, basically Joshua reminds them that God brought them out of Egypt, out of slavery. He brought them through the wilderness. They crossed the Red Sea and the Jordan on dry land because of God's presence. They took over Jericho without lifting a weapon because God brought the walls down. He showed them, basically he told them, look, God has brought you through your ups and through your downs all the way here to the promised land. God has done all the heavy lifting along the way. 
Think about all the battles. And I'm sure that as, as Joshua was telling them this, they could all think back at all of these different things that they had gone through. How many times God had gone before them and made a way for them to proceed where there wasn't a way. When God gave them a victory when it looked like it was impossible because they were outnumbered. When God allowed them to take over the land when there were so many people already there. And Joshua simply reminds them, that God did all of these things because he chose them as his people. That when he called them in Abraham, he established a people for himself. And he says, therefore, because of everything that you have experienced in the Lord, everything that God has brought you through, everything that God has promised you, everything that you have seen God do, all the signs, all the wonders, all the miracles, all the things that God has done, Revere the Lord and serve Him sincerely and in faithfulness. He invites them to put away the gods of their ancestors, the gods that they worshipped back in Egypt, the gods of the people of the land that they have taken, the gods that other people have served along their journey. He says, the God that brought you this far wants you to put those gods up and off. He wants you to give them up. He says he wants you to be faithful only to him. And then Joshua basically says, if you won't do it, that's up to you. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. He says, I've already chosen. I've already picked. I've always selected the Lord over all of those other gods. And think about how foolish it was for them to hold on to those gods. Why would you hold on to the gods of the people that enslaved you? Why would you hold on to the gods of the people whose land you took by the God of your ancestors in Abraham and the promise? Why would you hold on to these false gods when your God is the one that was victorious over all of them? I mean, that makes no sense. But Joshua knew that they were still holding on to these things. He says, put them away. And when he says put them away, he's not talking about put them in a box so you can pull them out later. He's talking about remove them from your tent. Joshua knew a little bit about what was in their tent. God knows what's in your tent. God knows what you're holding on to. That doesn't belong there. God knows what needs to be put out. And I'm telling you right now that just like Joshua knew what the people had in their tent, God knows what's in your tent that needs to come out. That needs to be put out and not just put up for a little bit later so you can go back to it, but put out of your life. And Joshua said to the people, I want you to put it out because the God that we serve wants you to choose him over all of these other things. He is a jealous God. He wants you to be faithful and sincere in your worship. And the word sincerity, I think, here is important. Because sometimes people follow God when things are going well, when they're being blessed, when things are good. But following God when things are rough is a whole other story. 
He says, be sincere in your decision to follow God. Follow him in the ups and follow him in the downs. Follow him through the valley and follow him on the mountain. Follow him at every possible opportunity, not just when it suits you. Follow him all the time. So Joshua invited the people, put away your gods, but as far as it concerns me and my family, we will serve the Lord. I don't care what you guys are doing. He said, I don't care if all of you choose the other side. I don't care if all of you choose to stay with the gods of Egypt. I am going to serve the Lord. Serving the Lord is more important than being popular. Serving the Lord is more important than being with a crowd. Serving the Lord is more important than trying to fit in. I'd rather fit out, to quote home, than fit in by following Jesus and by following God. And so basically he said, I don't care what you guys do, I'm going to follow the Lord. And when the people heard that, the scripture tells us that they responded with this, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is he who brought us and our ancestors from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. He delivered us. We know that story. He also was with us to do great signs in our sight. We remember he parted the Red Sea. We remember that he made bread rain from heaven. I mean, all the signs and wonders that God did in the wilderness, it's a miracle any of them had any doubt of who God was. I don't know about you, but God started raining cheeseburgers. I, I'm a believer. I mean, I'm a believer. I see signs and wonders like that, and I'm going, yeah, that's God. They had seen so many things. They said, no, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord. We're going to follow him because he has protected us along the way. He has blessed us. He has shown signs and wonders. We passed on dry land when we crossed the river and when we crossed the sea. And we are going to serve the Lord for he is our God. He's our God. We're going to serve him. Well, you would think that when, when Joshua heard that, he would have celebrated and said, great, we're all on the same page. That's not what he did. After inviting them to put away their gods and to serve the Lord with their whole households and with their whole selves and in faithfulness and sincerity, he says, you cannot serve the Lord. You can't do it. God is a jealous God. God is a holy God. He is going to demand from you a change. He's going to demand from you faithfulness and loyalty. He's going to demand for you to follow his word and his commandments. You can't do it. Have you ever tried telling your kids they can't do something? Man, they will go head first into whatever you told them they couldn't do. You can't learn an instrument. You can't do that. Sometime later, you're in to instruments, band music, the whole works. Why? Because when we hear we can't do something, a lot of times what we do is we take it like a challenge. And I think in a way, Joshua was using a little bit of reverse psychology. He tells them, you can't do it. It's too, 
It's too much. You're not going to be able to do it. You've got to be faithful. You've got to follow God. You've got to forsake all the other gods. You can't do it. And I really think that he was going to see what they were going to say. And then the people doubled down. What do you mean we can't do it? Sure we can. We will serve the Lord. We will follow him. And then Joshua affirmed their decision with a warning. Your witnesses against yourself that you agreed to this. Your witnesses against yourself that you have said that you will serve the Lord. You have agreed to this and now I want you to understand that there are consequences to establishing a covenant with God. Too many people come to the Lord thinking that they just come to the Lord and they don't have to do anything. They don't have to change anything. They don't have to modify anything in their lives. When the reality is quite the opposite. When we come to God, when we come to Jesus, he basically says, I'm in charge now. And you got to follow my word. And you got to follow my commandments. The people agreed that they were witnesses to this agreement. And then Joshua reminded them of everything that this meant. He again said, then go put away your, your gods from Egypt. He basically was inviting them to go back to their tents, go find those idols and put them out. Go find them, identify them, and putting out. Because committing to the Lord requires us to kick all other gods out for good. It requires us to commit our lives entirely to Him. And it means putting them outside of your dwelling place, outside of your household, outside of your life. That's not easy. You mean I have to give up grandma's idol? My great-grandfather's idol that I brought all the way back from the land of Terah? I don't want to do that. But the reality is that that's exactly what God demands of us. What do we need to do to evict our gods and serve the one true God? How do we make sure that we're serving him only and nothing else? How are we making sure that we obey him and nothing else? Because who we obey is who we serve, isn't it? Whoever your master is, that is who you're following. And basically what Joshua was saying is, you got one head, you can't put all those hats on. You got to pick one. You got to pick one direction. You can't go in multiple directions. You got to pick one way. Who dictates our agenda? Who sets our calendar? Who do we trust with our family and our children? Who do we believe in for our future? Who do we want standing with us on the day of trouble? Who is it that we cry out to in a moment of desperation? Who ultimately will we obey when the decision is difficult to make? It better be the Lord. It better be the Lord. Scripture teaches us that we cannot serve two masters because we will love one and despise the other. And that is true. You can't do both. You either love the Lord or you fall in love with the things of this world. 
Whatever you decide, Joshua says, me and my household are going to serve the Lord. We're, that's, not, that's not up for debate. We have already chosen. We have already declared our faithfulness to God. And we're going to follow that. I'm going to worship the God who brought us this far because he's not finished with us yet. I'm going to worship the God who has blessed this church up to this point because he's not done blessing it yet. I'm going to continue to worship the God who has provided for the needs of this church because he's not done providing yet. And I'm going to follow the God who has promises for generation after generation after generation in this very place. I don't know if you realize how special you are to God. How special this church is to God. That he has allowed his spirit to dwell here with us. In such a palpable way. My wife and I were praying this morning. And what the Lord revealed to us was that one of the reasons that the spirit of the Lord is so strong in this place is because we have given the spirit, spirit freedom to manifest itself and to be ministered with at the altar and to just do what he wants to do. And I don't know about you, but that's what I want to do. I just want to follow God and the Spirit where it leads. But once the people declared their commitment to the Lord, Joshua made a covenant with the people that day. He made statutes and ordinances for them at Shechem. Once again, when they decided to recommit themselves to the Lord, what does Joshua do? He gives them instructions. He says, if you want to be faithful to the Lord, follow the rules that he's given to you. Follow these statutes that I'm handing to you. Follow these guidelines that I'm giving to you so you can remain faithful to the Lord. Continue to put out those things that God doesn't want. Continue to make room for the Spirit of God to transform you. God will use you. God will grow you in the faith. God will continue to bless your family through you. They were reminded that God had not only brought them to the promised land, but in doing so, he had asked them to only have one God. He says, I will be your God if you will be my people. But it was an exclusive deal. Can you imagine getting engaged to your spouse, getting married, they go with you through the ups and the downs and then you go have a mistress? This is exactly what the Israelites had done by having all these false gods. They had been unfaithful to God and Joshua was saying, no, this is a day of recommitment. This is a day of saying, the Lord is going to be my only love. He's going to be the only one I follow. He's going to be the only one I obey. He's going to be the only master of my life. And when we arrive at crossroads in our lives, God often invites us to recommit ourselves to him. He says, are you going to continue to be faithful and sincere 
in following me? Will you follow my ordinances and my statutes? Will you continue to go where I lead you? And will you continue to be faithful in sharing what I've given you? That invitation is the invitation for today. I, I assume that everybody here is a Christian. You're here because you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or you wouldn't be here. You might be at a sporting event or in the park or the beach or somewhere else. But you are here because you are a believer in Jesus Christ. You have said yes to God. And today the invitation is to reaffirm that commitment before God. To tell the Lord, me and my household will serve the Lord. And whatever I have to remove from my tent, Lord, help me know what it is so I can put it outside. Because I want to walk in faithfulness to you. Whatever selfish ambition, whatever greed, whatever things are getting in the way of the future that you have for me, help me today to take it outside my tent. If you say yes to that recommitment today, know that you are making a covenant with the Lord. And a covenant with the Lord should not be taken lightly because the Lord will hold you to it. If you tell the Lord, I want to walk faithfully before you in all my ways, believe you me, he will hold you to it. And he will call you into that way. And like a father who loves his children, he'll discipline you when you get out of line. And he will remind you that he has a plan for you. If you say yes to that covenant today, tell him he's your one and only love. Today, the altar call is not going to be for somebody to pray for you. Today, the altar call is for you to talk to God by yourself. Because this is between you and God and nobody else. This is your commitment. As you feel led, the altar is going to be open. Come and have your time with the Lord as we worship. Come and tell the Lord that you love him. You know, we say we love the Lord. Sometimes we just need to say it to him. We need to express it to him. We need to say, you are my God, you are my Savior, and I will follow you, whatever it means. So the altar is going to be open today for you to have a chat with the Lord. To just ask him, Lord, is there anything in my tent that I need to put outside? Is there anything I need to remove to follow you? Help me to love you more and more each day. Help me to be faithful and sincere in my desire to go after you. The Israelites were invited to this covenant and when they said yes, Joshua established a covenant between them and the Lord. And if you read on, it says, at 110, Joshua died 
and was buried, having left an incredible inheritance with all the Israelites as they took on the promised land. Let's worship. And as you feel led, just come have your time at the altar. Prayer team, you, you're off today. This is a time between people and the Lord.
We're not ready to close. Sorry. I was trying to give the uh, prayer team a day off, but the Lord doesn't seem to see that fit. We are, we're open. The altar is open. I don't know, I don't know who needs to come up, but the altar is open. If you need somebody to pray with you today because there's, there's something in your tent you're struggling with to take out, there's something that is too hard right now that you're going through, and you need somebody to intercede, to stand in the gap with you as we heard last week, the altar is open. We'll call prayer, prayer team people to come up and to pray with you. But don't go it alone. One of the things that the Israelites needed to understand was they were called the people of God, not the individual of God. 
It was the body of believers. And this is a body of believers. We are here to support each other. And so if you need prayer at the altar, you come up. You come up and we will pray with you today. Let's go back over the music.
things about dancing is when you pick a dance partner, you got to choose who's going to lead. You can't both lead. You're going to step on each other's toes. When we pick God, we're basically saying you lead and I will follow. You step and I will step with you. You make a move and I will move with you. And when we do that, the dance is beautiful. The dance is glorious. The dance just keeps going. It keeps going and going because the Lord is so good that he doesn't let go of our hand. We might twirl a little bit. We might stumble every now and then. But because he's holding on to our hand, we continue to dance. I pray that God continues to lead us. That we take the covenant that we have made with him seriously. And that we continue to be faithful and sincere in our desire to follow him. No matter what comes. Amen.